The book of Psalms concludes, as all things will, with noisy, joyful praise. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord is a single word in Hebrew. It's the word hallelujah. And it'll be the phrase that we conclude our reading between the lines with as it's used at the end of the book of Revelation. But here the psalmist invites the whole world, everything that has breath, to praise God. It's not a request. It's a command. Praise the Lord. Now, how do we feel about commands from heaven to worship God. One person who struggled with this was C.S. Lewis. Uh, In a word about praise from his reflections on the Psalms, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, when I first began to draw near to belief in God, and even for some time after, uh, I found a stumbling block in the demand so clamorously made by all religious people that we should praise God. Still more in the suggestion that God himself demanded it. We all despise the man who demands continued assurance of his own virtue, intelligence, or delightfulness. We despise still more the crowd of people round every dictator, every millionaire, every celebrity who gratify that demand. Thus, a picture at once ludicrous and horrible, both of God and his worshippers, threatened to appear in my mind. The Psalms were especially troublesome in this way. Well, Lewis found an answer in the universality of worship. He looked around the world and he noticed this. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favourite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favourite game. And just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? So then, praise is not alien to us at all. In fact, we are all worshippers, all of us. Why? Well, Lewis answers in this way. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he or she is, to hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. Here's what Lewis is saying. When I declare that I love you, I'm not simply updating you on the status of my affections. The expression of my love is a part of my love. Love overflows into expression. It would be less than true love if it remained unexpressed. And so it is with God. To know God must mean praise. This must is not written in stone. It's written into the fabric of reality. A smiling grandchild, a gorgeous sunset, a spine-tingling performance naturally provokes a joyful, heartfelt response. We must praise. 
we cannot help but praise the praiseworthy. Lewis continues, he says, If it were possible for a created soul fully to appreciate, that is to love and delight in, the worthiest object of all, and simultaneously at every moment to give this delight perfect expression, then that soul would be in supreme beatitude. To see what the doctrine really means, we must suppose ourselves to be in perfect love with God, drunk with, drowned in, dissolved by that delight which, far from remaining pent up within ourselves as incommunicable, hence hardly tolerable, bliss flows out from us incessantly again in effortless and perfect expression. Our joy is no more separable from the praise in which it liberates and utters itself than the brightness a mirror receives is separable from the brightness it sheds. So here is this situation in which we can do no other but praise God, given how glorious He really is. Uh, I find Lewis's explanation here very promising, but also slightly problematic. Uh, you see, I am not drunk, drowned, dissolved in worship for God, at least not most of the time. I'm not in supreme beatitude. And it's hard to imagine being so, actually, especially when I'm not feeling it right now. But there's good news for us sinners with our sluggish hearts. There is someone who is in supreme beatitude, who is drowned in, drunk in, dissolved in praise. He is the blessed man, Christ and in Psalm 22, verse 22, he is spoken of as the great vicarious worshipper before God. Psalm 22, verse 22, he says, I will declare your praises in the midst of the congregation. Calvin, commenting on Psalm 22, calls Christ our heavenly choir master who tunes our hearts to sing God's praise. He is the king who truly praises the Lord which is a relief, because left to myself, I do not and I cannot praise God as I ought to. I am not a white-hot worshipper like the psalmist. But first I, I need to see that the psalmist is not commanding praise so much as leading me in praise. The psalmist, Christ, is the one who is drunken, dissolved in love. He is the man after God's own heart. And for now, I read of his praise and I just add my amen to his perfect praise. The one praiseworthy, God, should call forth my praise, but so often my heart is sluggish. Christ, though, is the one who offers the true response to God. He's like the first dancer out onto the dance floor. The music should move me onto the dance floor, but often it doesn't. Mostly it doesn't. But Christ gets onto the dance floor and begins responding to the perfect, most praiseworthy one. And as I see him, then I start to move, tap my foot. I start to clap pretty soon. I'll start to link arms and join in. The music should get us onto the dance floor, but in reality, it's the dancer who inspires us, who links arms and leads us in praise. That's who Jesus is, the one responding and has ever, the one who has always responded to the music, to the great praiseworthy one, God. And as, as he leads the praises, he tunes our hearts to sing the same worship. Hallelujah, cries the Lord Jesus. And as I watch him, as I see his response to the most praiseworthy, most high God, then I might just start to find a hallelujah rising up in my own heart. 
As I'm led by Christ, I'll soon find myself joining in with all of creation, with everything that has breath, and saying, praise the Lord.